but our fearless leader, Father John Eckert, just came back from the Holy Land last night. You flew in at five o'clock? Yeah, I got in. It was yeah, a little before five. We got in ahead of schedule. And yeah, I was back at my parents by right around six and uh it was great. So, so he is back. And I want to hear about his trip in the Holy Land. <laughs> I have not heard anything yet, so we saved the conversation to be on air. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure you all at home want to hear how his trip went. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about his trip. But as always, we're going to start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Lord, we thank you for your unconquerable love for us that we see so concretely present in the Holy Land, the places where... You walked the place where you were born, the place where you taught, the place where you suffered, where you died, and where you rose. We ask you to continue to be in the midst of all of the concrete aspects of our own life to help us remember that we are never alone and that your love conquers all things, even sin and death. And we ask this through the intercession of that perfect disciple who stood beside you at the cross and rejoiced to see you risen and to proclaim the good news, our Blessed Mother, as we pray. Hail Mary, full of oh, grace, grace, the Lord, Lord is with thee. thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is, is the fruit of thy womb, womb Jesus. Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus. Have mercy on us. Immaculate heart of Mary. Pray for us. Saint Joseph. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Okay. So while Father was away, I didn't hear hardly anything about your trip. I yeah. got a picture of you and Deacon having a drink. Yep. I got a picture of him assuming the Sea of Galilee. Yes, so that, that was, was the Sea of Galilee. No, that was the maybe. Sea of Galilee. You're right, because it okay. is beautiful. The Sea of Galilee is incredible. I so mean, I got it's... that photo, and then you texted me about like four or five work things over the 10 days. Yeah. Which, hey, still pretty darn that's good. That's not bad. For yeah, for 10 days, day. five, you know, one every other day. That's not yeah. too bad. Um yeah, we really didn't have to talk about a whole lot, which is pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. We've got such a good thing going, which I just want to credit you with that right out of the gate. Just We've got such a good team that I can be away for, for 10 days, and I don't come back to a big fire. It's just amazing. You're so good. And you had internet most of the time. Uh, the first half, yes, and then the second half, not really. I mean, we had some Wi-Fi in the hotel, but it was funny. When we got back yesterday, I signed back onto the network. Mm-hmm. And like I kind of checked my email when I could with the Wi-Fi in the hotel, signing back on we got back to Charlotte, it was like, boom, there are 150 emails. Oh. I was like, oh, so apparently they don't all come across the world. <laughs> so I don't know, I guess it's not the World Wide Web. It's just uh, in the West, not in the East. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, so it was, it was interesting. But um, no, it's so good to be back. And um, yeah, it was, it was an incredible pilgrimage, that's yeah. for sure. So let's kind of go through, I don't know, is chronological order the easiest way to go through? Yeah, probably. Yeah, day I think by so. Day? Yeah. I don't know, it's your trip, not mine. You, you actually did it. Um, but yeah, let's do that. So you fly out of here on, on Monday, January Monday 30th. Yeah. And that was a full day. Cause I was here okay. for morning mass. We kicked off Catholic schools week. Um, you know, just tried to make sure had everything taken care of. And like I said, we got the best team in the world between you and, you know, Sharon and Sonia. And then I went over, you know, with Aaron and the school and Camille and just, we got the best people around. Everything's going to be fine. It's just, I love it here. And I almost don't want to go away when I'm leaving. And it's uh, so, but I left because I needed to be on the road by about nine Mm -hmm. because our friend, Father Casey Coleman, uh, his father passed away, Mm -hmm. uh, Mr. Keith Coleman. So I went down to St. Michael's in Gastonia for that funeral. And then went from there to my parents' house and had about two hours before he got picked up. So I had some lunch 
And then I just like did like the getting ready routine again for the day. I took out my contacts because it's best to be in glasses on the airplane. I took another shower because I knew it wouldn't, wouldn't mm-hmm. get to take another one for like 24 hours. And so basically it was like starting did out. Did your whole fresh. hour yep. again? Yeah, I wish. <laughs> um, yeah, I like did everything I could. And then, yeah, went to the to the airport. We flew to Munich. It was mm-hmm. like an eight-hour flight. Yeah. And then from Munich uh, flew to Tel Aviv. Didn't realize that uh, we had more issues in Munich than I thought we did because originally we had 52 pilgrims and unfortunately one of them had a a spill in Munich and had to go to the hospital. He's home doing great now. But um, yeah, that was a tough way to start the trip. You made it with 51. I made it with 51. And of course, I feel like a terrible shepherd in the fact of, you know, you're starting with 52 and man, I couldn't even make it out of Germany with the full flock. (laughs) So, and you know, our Lord would leave the 99 and go after the one. I couldn't even leave the 51 to go after the one. So, but you know, it's just that difficult place to be. And God bless him. He's doing well. I just talked to him on the phone and uh, we had mass when we got there um, that night in Tel Aviv. And actually it's interesting there. Um, It wasn't on the schedule to have mass on the 31st when Mm. we got there because basically the churches closed down like five or six over Mm -hmm. there. And we weren't going to get to the hotel until almost like seven o'clock at night. And I contact, so Sammy, the guy who set us up, yep. uh, put me in contact on WhatsApp with our tour guide, George. Mm-hmm. And I texted George. I'm like, hey, um, is there any way to get to have mass on Tuesday? Because, I mean, it's not a requirement that we pre-say mass every day, but I like to. And it's, it's appropriate. It's a good thing to do. And he said, and I'm so glad I texted him about this because I was thinking about bringing my traveling masket. And he goes, oh, he goes, I can get you a traveling masket and all that. I just, he goes, I just don't have any vestments. Like, That's fine. So I packed. I have a chasuble and, and sold at my mm-hmm. folks' house. Artie was bringing my alb and everything else. So I was like, yeah, you can bring the traveling masket. I can get the vestments, no problem. So when we got to the hotel, which was up near Nazareth, um, the Golden Crown Hotel, which is kind of cool. Oh, cool. Um, it's kind of like King David theme. Yep. Um, so uh, we set up in a conference room. So we get there after all the travel, right? And go right to the conference room and have mass. And I'll tell you, it was one of those things that was a I mean, it's a great way to start anyway, mm-hmm. but I kind of told people, I was like, look, I know I've been traveling all day. I get it. Like, it's, it's like an optional mass. Everybody came. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. And I offered it for the pilgrims and for the one, especially for the one who had the fall in, in Munich. So I had that, good dinner. So then the, the next day, um, we went to Nazareth to the Church of the Annunciation. Mm-hmm. And here was the difficulty. It was torrential downpours. Oh, no. And so it's like very first day trying to hold 51 people together through the narrow streets of Nazareth. We haven't really got a routine yet, and it's pouring down rain. And so, but the cool thing, we went right into Mass. So to get to have Mass where the incarnation happened was Mm -hmm. amazing. Um, So we do that. We go to, they call it Joseph's Carpentry Shop. We went to Mm -hmm. Cana. And then this was a sad thing because last time, from there, we went to the Mount of Transfiguration. Mm -hmm. And from that mountain, I mean, it's, there's beautiful views. Well, this time, instead of getting beautiful views, it's like we got the transfiguration, the part when the cloud overcomes them. And so, like, they go into the cloud, and the Heavenly Father speaks, this is my beloved Son, whom I will please listen to him. Yeah, we got the cloud. Like, it was, like, thick fog. We're like, okay, I can see my hand. Now I can't. I mean, it was just, it was really bad weather. Um, It was at least... Warm-ish, or like, what's the temperature at this? It was so, it was pretty frigid. It is cold in thirties and pouring down rain. And of course, you go expect it's like we're gonna be in the desert, you know? It's like I and luckily, I mean, I did pack a lot of waterproof stuff and all that, but yeah, it was it was cold. Yeah. Um. So that kind of you know, so that's the first day, and I think all of us were just kind of like, 
Oh, and the place where we had lunch too. God bless them. They were fitting in, you know, 50 something people. And, you know, so when you go to lunch in the Holy Land, you get two options typically, Mm -hmm. shawarma or falafel. Shawarma is, you know, like if you go to a Greek restaurant where they have gyros and they like shave the Mm -hmm. meat, it's like that. It'll be different types of meat, but it's that or falafel, which is like chopped up chickpeas that are deep fried in like this little green patty that has um, spices and garlic and this and Mm -hmm. that. I like them both a lot, and that's what you're typically going to get for lunch. I think a lot of people are like, really, again? Like, yeah, again. So, but, like, <laughs> so we're all crammed in. We're getting our shawarma or falafel. And it just – it was one of those things like everybody's wet, you know, and, and it's like you're so hoping to see everything, but you can't see a lot. So the first And you're just kind of getting the cultural shock of this is how, the, this is how it works being yep. here. And this oh is how the people gosh. are. It's so different. And the other thing, I didn't realize this when we were in this restaurant. Apparently, it was like golf ball sized hail outside, too. I mean, it was oh. it was terrible weather wow. the first day. So right off the bat, I mean, the first like day, day and a half, it was just it was rough. It's like we had a pilgrim fall out. You know, weather's terrible. So I think it was just kind of tough. Then things started to change on Thursday. Thursday was the day we started out at the Mount of Beatitudes, mm-hmm. so where Jesus, you know, preached the Sermon on the Mount, which is basically what we're hearing right now. In the oh Gospels. my gosh, it's so amazing! And I read on the bus on the way there this thing from that that commentary I like so much called is it like Fire of Love, Fire of Mercy? It's like a four volume commentary on the Gospel of Matthew mm-hmm. by Erasmo Levia Maricacus, which is like one of the best names ever. And he has this whole thing on the word um, for blessed. It's okay. like Markar in the Greek and it's like it's really hard to translate because just happy doesn't really get at it blessed kind of does he, he kept saying that the Spanish is really good like bienaventura like lucky are you and mm. it's like unfortunate are you if these things are happening so like basically like you're imitating Christ and we just like read through this whole thing and we had mass outside at the place where Jesus gave oh. the Sermon on the Mount. So they have these like little chapels mm. set up outside. So it's open air. You're looking at the Sea of Galilee. The sun had come out. The, the temperature was better. Made all the difference in the world. Wow. So that was, that was a lovely way to start the day. And it was Thursday of Catholic Schools Week. So I offered it for Catholic schools in particular, Sigurd Catholic mm-hmm. School. Because it just seemed appropriate since it was the Sermon on the Mount, you know, the teaching and all yep. that. And uh, we got to go from there to um, the Church of the Multiplication of the Loaves. Mm-hmm. And then the one called Petrine Primacy, right down the road from that one. And that's where mm-hmm. – um, it was on the seashore after the resurrection, you know, Simon, son of John, do you love me? You know, three times. And that's what they call the Petrine primacy, which I find fascinating. Hmm. Not up in Caesarea Philippi, where it's you or Peter and on this rock yeah. will build my church. But Petrine primacy based on Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Feed my sheep, Feed my sheep. three times over. Um, and of course, the Greek is amazing and all that. But yeah. I love that that's the name of that church. Um, so all of these were... Very close together. Yeah, I mean, super close. Obviously, together. Sermon on the Mount, multiplication of loaves. It happened it's at like the same boom, spot. But yeah, so Sermon on the Mount up on the. I mean, Mount. It's a hill. Yeah, but it's like up here, uh, multiplication of loaves down here, and that's a really cool one too because um, was it five loaves and two fish? But on the front of the altar at the multiplication of the loaves, four loaves and two fish because the fifth loaf is on the altar uh, for the Eucharist. Nice. It's like, oh, that's so cool. Um, so how close are you to the Sea of Galilee? You're then? right on the Sea of Galilee. So like stone throw away yep. almost? Oh, yeah. yeah. And actually, Petrine Primacy, you can walk into the water there. They oh. don't want you to go swimming. And actually, last time I did put my feet in the water for whatever reason, this time I was like, eh, I'm not going to put my feet in the water. But my mom did, actually. So just she was wearing sandals you could take right off. I'd have to take off my shoes. Yeah. Like, 
I'm good looking at it. He wasn't actually in the water for this anyway, so it's okay. Um, yeah, he was cooking fish on the beach. Yeah, exactly. And I couldn't go in and haul in 152 large fish, so let's not worry about it. But that was cool that we went to lunch at a place that they have uh, Peter's Fish. Of course. It's kind of gimmicky, but it's fine. And the tour guide snuck a coin into one of the fish's mouths. And it's like, if you find it, you get a special prize. And one of our ushers actually found it. And uh, he's like, the prize is you get to buy everybody ice cream. Ah." (laughs) And he was so good. He's like, okay. And he's like, no, I'm just kidding. So, uh, but then from there, we got to go on a boat ride on the Sea of Galilee, Mm -hmm. which was that was amazing and beautiful. Like, just was it all fifty-two, all fifty-one yeah. of you together on the same boat? It's a big boat. I bet. Yeah, it's yes. a pretty big boat. And I don't know. That was just. I love that. Yeah. And the Sea of Galilee is just so beautiful. And, and I know I keep saying that. And the but weather it's true. was nice, so hopefully it wasn't too choppy. Kind of. That's the interesting thing. It's like you had sun here, you had clouds over here, and all of a sudden like it started to rain a little bit, and so you could see how a squall could build up really fast. Um, So it was kind of neat to be in the midst of that. And then when we went back to shore, then we took a, um, we went back over a little bit further beyond Petra and Primacy to Capernaum. And that's where Peter's mother-in-law's house was. Mm -hmm. That was the synagogue where Jesus basically gave the, you know, the bread of life discourse from John Mm six. Some of his first miracles were there. I mean, and there we got to spend a little bit of extra time and Capernaum is just, it's a beautiful place and it's right there on the sea. And that was really nice just to get to take all of that in. Um, so yeah, really enjoyed that. And I'm trying to think of that from there. Yeah, I guess the, uh, you know, back to the hotel, dinner together. And this was another nice thing was getting to spend time with the pilgrims at mm-hmm. night too. Like, you know, I don't get to have dinner with people very often. So it's like just each night trying to sit with different folks and, um, you know, getting to know parishioners better. And that was one comment from the people from the whole trip was just that um, – they really enjoyed getting to know each other better. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you know, we have one parish that's amazing. You know, we have, what, uh, four different Sunday masses. Yep. And if you go to one particular one, you don't necessarily know the people at the other mm-hmm. one. So that was, that was great. Um, let's see. So from there, the next day, weather wasn't great again. We went to Haifa. Yep. Um, which Mount Carmel is there. Mm-hmm. So that's where Elijah slew the 450 prophets of Baal, mm. and we had mass there. That's the only place we had mass that I had had mass the last time. Oh, wow. Um, so that was kind of cool. So that now, was the first day last time. When you say you had mass at these places, how big are these churches at these locations? Um, it depends, because uh, like at the Church of the Annunciation, we got to have the main church. So okay. it was big. Um, like our size, bigger? Um Let's just say our size. I mean, they're, 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 they're huge basilicas. Yeah. But yeah, sometimes like the main area for mass. Yeah, like ours, maybe I mean, a little bit bigger. When I think of basilica, I think kind of Vatican, Roman sure. type architecture. It's, None it's of them are that different. big. Yeah. yeah. Um, you do get a lot of gar- Gothic architecture in okay. some of these places. You know, it kind of depends. I mean, the Holy Land is interesting because you have several different styles in different places. Mm-hmm. You have such a long history of, you know, uh, pagan temples were like, okay, so Christians start uh, honoring things here. And then, you know, it's like a pagan temple gets put up or something like that. Then um, the Roman Empire changes. Uh, St. Helen comes, Constantine's mother, Mm -hmm. to the Holy Land to start preserving all this. So this is like the mid-300s. And she takes some of it back. Oh, yeah. And she, yeah, she took back a lot of dirt. She (laughs) took back basically a big piece of the True Cross. Um, and the, she starts the steps, yeah, the, the, yeah, Jews, all yeah. these awesome things. And she starts knocking down pagan temples and building Christian churches, yeah. which is awesome. And then eventually you get like Muslim invasions and mm-hmm. they come in. Then you get the crusaders and they rebuild and then you get another Muslim invasion. And then you get it. So it's, you've got, you know, the original and the place that's been venerated for two millennia 
with all these layers of history. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, it's a fascinating thing to see. And especially as those layers of history touch our current era, Mm -hmm. because I'll be honest, it is not a peaceful place. You feel, I don't know, like a little on edge. Most places you go, the main peace that I felt was a mass every time I mass each day, which makes sense. And I, I love it too, getting to take people on pilgrimage because they get to see what it's like to go to mass every day and how much they love it. You know, and I noticed today. Well, we have quite a few of your pilgrims. Exactly. And not, they weren't all people who were always going to come to the the Thursday morning mass, Mm -hmm. right? You know, Probably we're all a little tired. I mean, it was 24 hours of travel yesterday, mm-hmm. but yeah, I was so proud of them this morning. And just It's just good to see the way that that is. Um, let's see. So from Haifa, yep. uh, and the church is called Stella Maris, so dedicated to our Blessed Mother, Star of the Sea. Mm-hmm. We went from there to Caesarea Maritima, which was kind of like the capital for a long time, like back in the days of Herod. You know, they named things after Caesar all the time. Of and Maritima just on the sea. And man, Herod was such a nut. Like he, he demanded... Like, he wanted a floating city. So you could see, like, the way that they had to, like, build up things in the ground to, like, make it so they could have this city that went out into the Mediterranean. I mean, it's oh. crazy. And there's still, um, like, an amphitheater that's there that mm-hmm. you can walk. I mean, and all this, like, it's it's original from 2,000 yeah. years ago. You can just walk on it all. It's still there. I mean, that's the amazing thing about that kind of, like, Roman architecture. And it just... It lasts. It just stays forever. It stays forever. It's so incredible. So that's a cool thing, and you get to just walk around these ruins. And the nice thing is, a lot of times with these ruins, people aren't worried about preserving them because they've yeah. been there for 2,000 years. So you do kind of get a free reign to oh, walk it's around. It's so a cool. And apparently they have, like, concerts there and some things oh, like nice. that. I guess Pavarotti came and, like, sang in the mm-hmm. amphitheater. So, yeah, so things like that are really cool. We had lunch there. Then we went to Jaffa, which is, like, I think where Peter set off. Um, to go to Rome. Um, mm-hmm. There's a there's a, a church there named for St. Peter. It's also where, like, he got the vision of the cloth coming down, like, with all the animals, like, slay and eat. Oh, uh, the Council of Jerusalem? Yeah. Um, well, they called it the Council of Jerusalem. They called it, they? yeah, not long after that. But this is when, like, it was, like, bringing Cornelius and his family in, and they were Gentiles, and, you know, it's like, what has been declared clean, you know. Well, I guess Council of Jerusalem was more about circumcision. Exactly. This was, this was sort of like, tangential. yeah, and, and yeah, and baptizing the Gentiles. So it has this image in this church in Jaffa of the cloth coming down with all the different unclean animals hmm. in it. And basically, I have like to say it's like, it's the baptism of barbecue. It's so great. Like, <laughs> all of a sudden, we can start eating pigs. So thank you. you yep. Know, thank you, Lord. Um, so there's that. Let's see, where else do we go from there? It was from there then that we went to Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. And that's where we stayed for the rest of the trip. Okay. So you were only in two different hotels. Yep, two hotels, oh, and that nice. was it. Yeah, it was great. Cause yeah, it's it's tough when you're packing up. And, yep. Yeah. So that was that was really good. I had so last time when we went to Bethlehem, um, it was a little. It's 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 a little rough. Like you can really see just the difficulties in the area when you leave like the Jerusalem area and go into Bethlehem because you leave from Israel and go into Palestine. And I mean, mm-hmm. there's a big wall. Um, going into Palestine, there's no security, but it's like coming back, you know, there's these guards and these huge guns and they, you know, get on the bus and kind of, you know, eye you down a little bit, make sure that you are who you say you are. Um, I mean, it's, it's not that bad. Like there was one, one morning we were leaving and they got on and we we're going to be picking up our guide in the city. 
and they got on. It's like uh, we need and the you know the 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 driver in his Arabic is like American, like basically saying it's Americans. <laughs> and then the guy gets on. He's like, I need to see one passport. And thanks be to God, I just have mine right there. It's like here you go. And then okay, oh and one passport, one passport. I'm gonna trust the you're American. You're American. Everyone, everyone's American. So it was like here you go. Um, but, you know, it's just it's so different from here. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah, I mean, okay, you know. Is our country perfect? Is it perfectly peaceful? No, we have our issues. But it's just, it's so rapid. We don't really have people walking around with no. machine guns and no. checking buses. No, not at all. I mean, it's it's just so different. Um, they had to go into Bethlehem to stay there. And that's where a lot of the, the Palestinian Christians are. Mm-hmm. The hotel owner was like just sweet as he could be. Very happy to have us there. Um, very kind. And yeah, so that was really good. On Saturday, I'm trying to think all the different places we went. Um, I know we went to the Shepherd's Field, you know, where okay. the like glory to God in the highest, yep. you know, and so that was that was great. And then we got to go to the Church of the Nativity. Do they have a church out in the Shepherd's they Field? They do. In oh. fact, when we went last time, I got to have mass in one of the caves, the Church of the Shepherd's Where so, the shepherds probably would have hung out. Exactly. Maybe. Like they, and apparently it's like they put all the sheep in the cave. And they light a fire at the front of the cave, and then they'd sleep at the entrance. Because yeah. like, the fire scares away wild beasts, and then they're there. And it's interesting because inside the cave, you see all this like carbon, like you know, just from the, the, the smoke um, mm-hmm. over the years. So that's really cool um, and just awesome to see that. Then we went to the Church of the Nativity. I know we did other things that morning, but I can't remember off the top of my head. But going to the Church of the Nativity, this is on Saturday. It's first Saturday. And... Um, it's so different from last time because hmm. last time we were there, so six and a half years ago, there was so much scaffolding up, um, and you know, so everything's covered up. We were in line for like four hours to get down to the spot where Jesus, because it's it's like in the ground underneath an altar, like a circle like this big with a fourteen pointed star around it. Fourteen because of the you know fourteen different generations from Abraham to David, David mm-hmm. to the exile, exile to Jesus, and. Um, you reach down and like touch the rock, like at the place where Mary gave birth, mm-hmm. and then like just around the corner from that is the spot of the manger and where the the um, the magi came. Yep. So you go down and reverence the spot. This time, scaffolding's all gone. They've uncovered some amazing mosaics that got put up. I don't remember what century. Mm. Beautiful. And, like, we didn't get to see any of that last time. Yeah. They've uncovered some tile mosaic of the old floor that's beautiful. Um, and plus, when we got there, it wasn't that many people. So we got to go down and, and reverence, and it was beautiful. Because last time, like, we waited forever. And then there were, like, people tipping the guard or something from the other side that came down the exit. Mm. And it was just, like, tense. And people were, like, fighting. And it's just – it's so weird because it's like, it's Bethlehem. It's I've where actually, Jesus was I've born. actually heard another person who went on a pilgrimage on a podcast. And yeah. He's like, it was the um, Church of the Holy Sepulchre. And like, yeah. He's like, at one point, it got so tense that I just had to grab my kids and, like, rush yeah, out. It's crazy. So get trampled. And that's the way it was last time in Bethlehem. This yeah. time, totally different. Went very smoothly down mm-hmm. there to reverence the spot. And then um, we got to have mass at the Church of the Nativity. Okay. And it's interesting because you go in the main spot, like, where um, – you know, the spot is that Jesus was born. And it's kind of like the Orthodox side. And then like abutting that church, you just walk through this little door and then you're on the Roman side. Mm. And we got to have mass in the main church on the Roman side. And originally we were supposed to be down in, they call it St. Jerome's Cave. That's where St. Jerome translated the Vulgate mm. is mm-hmm. right there. But we had 52 and or 51. Um, <laughs> and uh, the sacristan, and, and remember there's... Um, Franciscan brothers at all of these places. Like, they're always the Saxons because it's, you know, the Franciscans have the custody of the Holy Land. Yeah. 
the Franciscan brother, Brother John, was from Rhode Island. Oh. And like thickest Northeastern accent. <laughs> and I was like, hey, buddy, I'm like, if there's any way to add some more hosts, because we've only, like, I've been short at most of these places. I don't know how the number got in, but it's like, we only had like 30-something hosts. I had to start breaking. And mm-hmm. it's like, I said, we have 50-something. He's like, 50? You're down in the Jerome Cave? He goes, let's just put you in the main church. I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> and I guess that's where the Archbishop, or the Patriarch of Jerusalem, the Roman Catholic Bishop of Jerusalem, that's where he celebrates Midnight Mass with like 150 other priests. That's where he got that mass it was so awesome you know so getting to be there um yeah for first saturday mass and just beautiful and singing christmas hymns and then at the end they have you know this beautiful you know baby jesus and everybody comes up and reverences him and Mm -hmm. it was that was lovely um so yeah so it was this time going to church the nativity was just so completely different and uh, i think everybody really appreciated that so that was good let's see the next day we started out by going to Bethany, where Lazarus and Mary and Martha lived, to their house. I'd never seen that before. That was really cool. Is that where the resurrection of Lazarus was as well? Yes, and it's controversial where his tomb apparently is. Okay. Because there's like this Muslim thing that's sort of like a tourist trap that like, this is where it is, but there's like archaeological evidence that it's actually at the house, but they can't really announce that that's the case, I guess. I I don't know. I didn't understand it. I didn't understand it all. But no, we didn't end up going to the touristy one. I probably shouldn't even be like saying that. I don't know. I don't know. But like, it's we're, we're American. We're American. We're fine. But it's like this whole controversial thing. But it's like, but the way I look at it, it's like, well, he's not there anymore anyway. It's like, yeah, it's, that's it's okay. ultimately not his yeah, final. Run exactly. I don't know where they, I don't know where they eventually buried him. But yeah, so we had that. I mean, the church was it was it was just cool to see that. Because I love, and I want to do more about uh, Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. I yep. find them fascinating. Jesus' friends. He mm-hmm. goes there all the time. Um, I've heard different speculation about Lazarus himself, that he may have been special needs, which I find kind of interesting. Mm. Because, you know, man, not married, living with his sisters. What's going on? Like, why is that the case? Like, and I've just some of those things. Yeah, like, you would be the other way. The woman, w- the, the women would be living with their, the, their brother. brother. Yeah, exactly. Like, why are they taking care of their brother? And, like, in his dying, was this something affiliate with that like why you know part of why maybe it doesn't seem so crazy that Jesus doesn't just take off that it's four days later after they hear that he's more sick it's like maybe he was kind of sick all the time yeah I don't know just I I find that really fascinating Mm -hmm. so it was really cool to go there and then from there we drove down to Jericho and I say that because it's like the highway the whole way you're going down because you then on the way you see the science of sea level and you go down another 1400 feet to Jericho it's really low right so and then we had mass in Jericho and basically like the parish church of Jericho called the church of the good shepherd mm-hmm. had our Sunday mass there. This is interesting. So all over the place in the Holy land, you have like the Muslim call to prayer going, you know, like the big speaker out and, and mm-hmm. it's kind of like, um, you know, Islamic chant yeah. that happens super loud in the middle of mass, like right as right at the consecration. And I was just like, like it's just and it's like just looking at our Lord like I love you and you're with me and we're here and this is amazing. It's like I'm raising him and like when we sang the on you stay and the the um you know the song too so it just it sounded so beautiful and I, I just I don't know, just in the midst of kind of like I said, it's 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 off putting. It's a different sort yeah, of Yeah, I mean for us it's very off putting. For is. the priests who are saying mass yeah, all the time, it's like totally used to it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Totally used to it. Um but it you know, it is a tense place there. Um and, and I'll put it this way, like people weren't like overtly rude, 
but no one's ever super friendly either when you're just like walking on the streets. Like people just don't really look at you. Um, so but then, just, there's so there's got to be so many tourists and pilgrims there know, all the time. I know, and I think I think we're sort of just like you know our presence is tolerated, but I don't think they're necessarily happy that we're there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just yeah, it's just such a different culture, I'll tell you. But so yeah, so we had mass there in Jericho. We went uh, and drove by like so the big mount of temptation. Um, so, because mm-hmm. when you're in Jericho, you're pretty close to the Jordan River where Jesus was baptized, and you have Jericho, then you have the Mount of Temptation. So, so right, right after the baptism, Jesus is driven into the desert by the Holy Spirit, yep. tempted, you know, by the devil after 40 days, and yeah, this this big mountain in the desert, and there's um, several caves that I guess like hermits have lived in for years, and there's a Byzantine monastery just on the side of this mountain. Hmm. Like I don't like how they get up there. I don't know. It's crazy. It's like side of a cliff. Um, and then from there, we went to Jordan, uh, renewed our baptismal promises. Mm-hmm. It's still very gross looking and not really huge. They're making it more touristy. And then we did the most touristy thing we did the entire time. We went to the Dead Sea. Um, a lot of people got in and floated. I put my feet in. It felt really gross insofar as, you know, when you go to the ocean and you're kind of, it's like a little bit of a film. Yeah. Yeah. Like my clothes felt that way. Did, like, you, do, did you do the Dead Sea last time? No. No, last for whatever reason we couldn't go down there, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of people did get in and float. Oh yeah, um, I mean I feel like you you have to. In my opinion, yeah, no, no, no. A lot I'm of people did. You no, 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 no. A lot of people did. Plus. I was a priest leading a pilgrimage. I don't want to get down to my swimming trunks. Yep. You know, like I'm just, I'm going to leave my shirt on. You know, just that's, that's, that's how I roll. You know, it's But well, you don't have your black swim shirt with the, with the as white As cool as that would be, like white stripes. We're going yeah. to have to invest in one of those. I know. Ones. I get like a curly mustache. I think like the <laughs> 20s. Um, but that was really cool. And then this was my favorite part at that point. And actually, I skipped one thing. We'll go back to it. But mm-hmm. at the Dead Sea, you know, as people are doing, it's fine. But right above it, like kind of overlooking the Dead Sea, because the Dead Sea, it's the lowest point on Earth. And they have yep. signs out all over the place. We got to sit down and have a beer at the lowest bar on Earth. Which <laughs> kind of, but it's like really low in the, lower in the bar. So that was, it was really cool. So that was fun. Before we went Is that there, the photo that I got? Probably. Oh, I don't know if I sent that to you. I hope I, I got did. the picture. It was you and Deacon. No, no. That was at the bar at the hotel up in Nazareth because that was still pretty early on. Gotcha. Um, But yeah, before we went down to the Dead Sea, just before that, we went to Qumran, which is where the Mm -hmm. Dead Sea Scrolls were found and the Essene community and all that. And that's another place. You get to just walk around in these ruins. Yeah. And the Essenes are more and more important. I'm finding out all the time. So I loved getting to go to that. And I've heard, I mean, I've listened to two or three podcasts about the Dead Sea Scrolls and Essenes and things. And it is fascinating. It is. And it's like putting together a lot of like missing gaps about the gospel. Mm-hmm. I'll just give one example. So the thought is, is that John the Baptist was likely sent to them like as a child, like kind of being raised, like mm. he's going to be a part of the Essene movement um, that, that Elizabeth and Zachariah likely had connections with them. There's a lot of things he was doing. There were a lot, a lot like them. However, the theory is, is that he got expelled from the community because he started really taking credence to part of the book of Isaiah about, you know, the light to all the nations, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and the Essenes were very much, this is us, we're the chosen ones. And the thought is, like, he wants to go out to all the nations, and it looks like he probably ran afoul of them because of that gets expelled from the community. And this is the really interesting thing that kind of points to this. So with the Essenes, all kinds of, like, purity vows and laws and all this, but they take likely took vows um, because a lot of the community rules available in the Dead Sea Scrolls. Mm-hmm. The other cool thing with that, they found largest extant full copy of the book of Isaiah in the Dead Sea Scrolls. Yep. Um, 
But the community rule, like they take vows that they will only eat prepared meals by the community from then on out. And so John the Baptist gets expelled, right? What's he going to eat? Very few things that you don't have to prepare that are totally ritualistically clean, except for locusts and honey. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. It's like, why is he eating this stuff? And it points, it's like, oh my gosh, like just things that connect. You yeah. know? Um, the book Jesus in the Dead Sea Scrolls by my favorite, Dr. John Bergsma, um, kind of talks about a lot of those things, but it's just fascinating to see the place. Mm. Um, so yeah, so that was, that was awesome. We go back to the hotel, um, get to bed early because Monday morning, mm-hmm. super early morning, we had to be on the bus by 4.15 um, to go to uh, Jerusalem to do the way of the cross and go to the church of the Holy Sepulchre. One thing I'll say, so since I knew we were leaving at 4.15, I got up at 3 so I could say my prayers before getting ready because we're going to have mass of the Holy Sepulchre. And while I was praying, it's like, the building is moving. Like, I swear, it feels like the building's shaking. That earthquake in Turkey and Syria could feel, and it it was super windy. It was windy the whole time we were there. I was like, is the wind causing that? And I was up on the eighth floor of this hotel. So I'm, I'm up there. And I think yeah. it was only a nine-story hotel. And it was like, I swear that – and I looked at my coffee. It's sort of like in Jurassic Park. You know, like, <laughs> and it's like my coffee's moving around in there. It's like, yeah, something's going on. And then found out later about that earthquake. Yeah. And, yeah, you could feel it all the way there. Anyway, crazy. We got to keep praying for those poor people mm-hmm. in Syria and Turkey. Um Yes, yeah, so we got on the bus, 4.15. So the earthquake was at what time for you? That was like 3, three in the morning. So, yeah. And so you could feel it then. So, yeah, it was poor people. Like, yeah, middle of the night. Yeah. Oh, that would be horrible. Can't, can't imagine. Yeah, just so tough. And then, yeah, so we go to the place that ultimately gives us hope, right? So 4.15, we leave. That was the morning when they got on the bus and wanted to see a passport. Picked up our guide. Um, we did this the the actual like way of the cross in Jerusalem, you know, at this point, it's a little bit before five o'clock in the morning, which I will say compared to last time we did like in the middle of the day when in Jerusalem, it's like alleys that are all over the place. It was jam packed last time. This time, nobody's on the street. It's not even when five you were in the doing morning. the way of the cross at five, five in the morning. morning, going to all the different spots, wow. right? And so, and I wish I would have brought like a stations book. So I was just kind of like doing ad lib at each one, but I think it worked out okay. Yeah. So it's like where Jesus is condemned, you know, he takes up the cross. And actually, I don't know if you saw this, the church there, like where he accepts the cross, where he was scourged on Thursday. So a week ago today, um, someone broke into that church and was like destroying statues. I know what? it's crazy. I know mm. nuts. Um, so it's like, it's just, yeah, just there. Like I love being there, but it's so, it's so intense. It's yeah. just crazy. So but this it was before the church was open. This is five in the morning. So, you know, we do the stations of the cross and just beautiful and meaningful. And I brought this. So last time, are we on that camera? There you go. Yeah, you're on so it's camera. like one of those little like hand holding crosses. Yeah. Although I've never seen the one with the carving with the body, no, with the nice. corpus. It's kind of nice. Yeah. So our the guide. Catholic version of the exactly. Exactly. <laughs> our guide, George, gave one of these to all the pilgrims and I blessed them. And so we carried these to the way mm-hmm. of the cross. Last time we had like a big cross we were carrying. This time we all had these. I kind of appreciate this just because like I could actually bring this home after yeah. doing it, you know. Um, we get to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. And of course, like the last several stations all take place inside because mm-hmm. it's like the Mount of Calvary. There a little before six. Um, and we got to go upstairs and reverence Calvary. So, like, and then once again, it's kind of like the Church of the Nativity where you've got this hole in the ground mm-hmm. and a big silver thing around it underneath an altar 
beautifully decorated, but you reach down and touch the rock, you know, that was, that's it where Jesus was crucified. Yeah. And so it's just so powerful to get to reach down and do that. And we all got to go up there and reverence uh, the side of the crucifixion. And then I got to kind of stay there while everybody was doing it. 51 people, it takes a little while, oh, yeah. right? So then we go back downstairs over to the sacristy and find out about all that we get to do at this Mass. So this is like the high Holy Mass of the day there. It's Monday morning. It's at 6.30. One of the Franciscans is the main celebrant, but I got to be the principal con-celebrant and the homilist. And the deacon was the deacon, right? So it was really cool. And this is the picture I want to put up. It's like a mod- of a model of the tomb just to kind of explain what was going on mm-hmm. there. Um, because at the tomb, they have this like chapel thing built over it. And once again, this was all new for, for me because last time, scaffolding everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like everything was like being renovated um, or at least like because it was like possibly going to fall down. So they're having to try to, you know, salvage everything they could. Yeah. So we get ready for the mass. Find out it's in Latin, which I was a little bit nervous about because my line was a little rusty. But I had the book, and we were okay. Um, the pre- I love this. So the priest, Franciscan priest, basically only speaks Italian. We're kind of making some conversation. You're like, probably doing the best in Spanish. I, exactly. Can, right? And then that, and like we get it worked out. So his name is John Luca. He's been ordained for 15 years. He's 45. And I'm like, oh, John James. And, you know, 41. I've been ordained for almost 13 years. Like, oh, that's great. You know, and the deacon's like, I'm old enough to be both of your dads. You know, so <laughs> it was just, it was great. So, um, but it's interesting because it's a little bit different because it's not just like a normal church. You're going to the tomb of Jesus Christ to have mass. Mm-hmm. And the way the tomb works is like, so you have this kind of like chapel thing with like a little, it's not a huge door. You have to kind of bend down to go in. Mm-hmm. When you go in the door, there's kind of like this little ante room. And then the tomb. And the tomb, it's just like, you know, like this table here, like on the ground, probably three feet up. And when we went in for mass, when we process over, people are just like all over the place outside of the tomb on benches. People from all over the world. I was really happy to see a bunch of missionaries of charity. Just like, ah, you guys are everywhere. You're so <laughs> wonderful. And I was like little Mother Teresa's. They're yep. so wonderful. And, um, and some other religious too. And at that mass, it was sung too. So they had like a choir of Franciscan brothers um, and our people are all over the place. And so the way it started, I had to, so you got the little door, the anteroom, then the tomb itself. I had to say like out here, they have the celebrants chairs right here. And the deacon and the priest went into reverence, the altar of the beginning, it comes back out mass as usual. Um, one of our pilgrims got to read the first reading. That was all in English. They sing the, uh, the response where I song. deacon reads the gospel. Beautiful. And, and then I get to walk up and preach. And I, I knew this was coming because I'm walking up. The celebrant goes, two minutes. <laughs> okay. So I get up there, and I, I can feel myself being emotional, right? Because literally, right behind my back is the open tomb. Yeah. And we you know, just read John 21, you know, when Mary Magdalene, while well, it's still dark. No, it's John 20. While well, it's still dark, goes to the tomb. Do they read the same gospel? I think so. Oh, yeah. Now, you have some options. But that's that's the book, and yep. that's it. Yeah, so I think they do the same thing every day. And it was interesting, like all these places, it's the same mass. You know, it's like, and just like we love, you know, on the um, Holy Thursday, you know, on the night before he was to suffer, which is tonight. Mm-hmm. All these places in the gospel, it was like, and while it was so dark, Mary Magdalene came here to this tomb. That it's just, it's I love that because like, yeah, there it is, and this is where she came. Mm-hmm. So I get up there and I preach. It's like I can feel myself being emotional, so I only just looked at the gospel. And I preached on, you know, just love and 
know, because Peter and the disciple whom Jesus loved came mm-hmm. like, but it's like, it's not just the love that they had for him to come to the tomb. It's that he came for us out of love for us first. And this is where, mm-hmm. you know, love conquers all. And behind me is the sign of that in this empty tomb. And I mean, it was, it was, it was funny because a bunch of the pilgrims afterwards are like, I've never seen you read a homily before. I'm like, I didn't read on. <laughs> I was just looking at the words of the gospel because I knew if I looked up, I would cry. And I only had two minutes. I didn't have time to cry. So we move in and yeah, for the mass. Um, so when you get to the Eucharistic prayer, the, the priest went in first. And at this point, like I hadn't been into the tomb yet. And he goes into the tomb, like with the deacon and he turns around. This is amazing. So he's like in the anteroom, almost in the tomb. And he turns around and he goes, John James. <laughs> And it was amazing because it was like I got to hear my baptismal name called out from the tomb. Like that was incredible. And then I go in there. So with the tomb, it's a tiny room. Yeah. And it was me, the priest, and the deacon. And that's all you could fit in there. There were a few other concelebrating priests, like five of them, and they were in that ante room. Mm-hmm. And crazy, I guess the people outside couldn't hear a thing. And he would consecrate and then he would turn, and I'll go this way, but like go to the door and show the Eucharist and then come back in. And mm. the same thing with the chalice and come back. So that was just unique. And mm-hmm. the way they had it set up, like, let's say here's the tomb about two feet above it, they had set up an altar. And then after the mass, we got to go back in and reverence the altar was gone. And you can just like mm. reverence the place where Jesus was laid. Um, but yeah, I mean, to get to go in there and celebrate Mass in the place where everything changed forever. Man, it was just, that's awesome. It's a once-in-a-lifetime sort of and thing. And the stone where Jesus was crucified and his tomb, mm-hmm. it's in the same church, Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're not far from each other. Basically, probably about the distance from our high altar to, like, the water fountains in the, uh, in the narthex. Yeah. I mean, not far at all. Um, you know, all under the same roof. And I mean, just, just incredible, you know, and to get to see all that and be there. And, um, yeah, it was powerful. Well, cause I remember up in the DC area, Franciscans have a monastery that is like the replica of the yeah. church of the Holy Sepulchre. And I've been there before. So I'm mm-hmm. trying to remember how that looked, but I don't think the layout is exactly correct. Cause okay. I think they squash it a little bit closer together sure. in this replica church, which makes sense. I mean, it, it would be tough to do it all, yeah. but yeah, it was, yeah, it's such a cool place. So yeah. So that was, you know, obviously a huge highlight, um, to get to go there and be there and just celebrate mass where everything changed. Mm-hmm. Um, from there we tried to get in, like all the outside stuff we could because we knew the next day, Tuesday, the last day was going to be terrible weather again. Mm -hmm. So we went to, it's called the Pater Noster Church where Jesus taught the Our Father. Mm -hmm. It's also where Jesus ascended from. Um, So that was cool. And then we walked the, um, like the Palm Sunday Road, like the triumphal Mm -hmm. entry into into Jerusalem. We stopped on the way at the church called Dominus Flavit, you know, uh, the Lord wept. Mm -hmm. So it's where Jesus wept over Jerusalem and you get this big iconic view of Jerusalem there. Um, you know, super powerful. In fact, I'll show you later. I took a picture of the front of that altar and it's like this mosaic of, of a hen with chicks underneath its wings. Cause you know, that's where he said, you know, Oh, Jerusalem who killed the prophets, you know, how I long to gather you together. Like a hen gathers her mm-hmm. chicks. I just really liked that. And I was thinking at that point, trying to crowd 50 something people like a hen trying to gather her chicks. Um, yeah, I didn't end up weeping though. So it was good. Yeah. Um, went from there Let's see, back in Garden down. of Gethsemane? So that wasn't until the last day. Oh, okay. Now, you're not far from there at the Garden of Gethsemane, um, at Dominus Flavit. We went from there to the Western Wall, so like the Wailing Wall. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, saw that. 
Um, that was an interesting experience. Once again, you know, it's like the highest, holiest place, uh, for the Jews mm-hmm. and they're all that, you know, it's, it's kind of intermingling there. It's just, it's just different. Yeah. That's not know? as much of a Christian location. No, no, not that far from the dome of the rock, which is where, you know, Abraham uh, was going to sacrifice Isaac. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously we can't go in there. Uh, went from there to, let's see, that was basically the end of that day as a group. Mm-hmm. And since we had started at 4.15 in the morning, we ended a little bit early, which is kind of nice because at this point, I haven't had like any quiet time to just pray and be on my own other than like early in the morning in my hotel room. But I just wanted to go like spend some time in adoration. So we get back to the hotel. It's 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And I said to George, our tour guide, I'm like, where's the closest Catholic church? Like, I just want to go pray. And he goes, it's the Church of the Nativity. He goes, you go to the end of the street, and then you take a right, just stay straight, and five minutes you'll be there. I'm like, okay. I goes, is it safe for me to go by myself? I'm like, oh, yeah, you'll be fine. Okay. So that's what I did. Everybody else, like, went back to their rooms and kind of chilled out. I just went to the Church of the Nativity. It was an adventure. Um not as easy as George made it sound? No, it was more like 15 minutes. It wasn't five. Um, I never felt unsafe. But like I said, over there, like, you know, we have like Southern or Midwestern hospitality. Apparently there, this is what uh, one of the pilgrims was talking to some people on the plane. Apparently there, it's like being hospitable and kind. It's like a sign of weakness. So people just don't even look at you. Mm. And so it just, it was interesting walking through the streets. And I did say straight, but there were times where it kind of forked and this and that. So I just had to kind of guess. Yep. And when I came out of this alley, all of a sudden, there was the Church of the Nativity. And it was from kind of a different angle than we had gone into as pilgrims. But I saw the spot where it used to be like this big arch um, going into the church that got bricked in by one of the bishops. And then he opened up just a small little door that's like three feet high Hmm. because during one of the Muslim occupations, they would just like ride their horses into the church, like totally disrespectfully. So he bricked it in and just made a little door that you have to bow to go in. And I'll tell you, after like making my way through the streets there in Bethlehem, which I wish was just like a little town of Bethlehem, perfectly peaceful, it just isn't. <laughs> um, like, you know, a little bit uncertain, a little uneasy. And then all of a sudden I see that door and like bowing down, literally I was like, I feel like the Magi. Like this, like when I saw the church, I didn't see a star, but you know, when I saw the church and saw that door, I was overcome with great joy. And so I rejoiced and going in there was amazing. I got to go back down and just, you know, sit there at the spot for a while and then found the the side chapel where the tabernacle is and made a holy hour. It was just so good just Mm -hmm. to be there and pray and um, ended up having a good conversation with one of the guards and it was funny his name was Zafor and he was like how big is your back can you take me home with you <laughs> like he goes it is a beautiful place but it is very hard father it's very hard mm-hmm. and just it was it was an interesting conversation um yeah just kind of getting to meet some of the people on the ground and see what it's like there mm-hmm. um and then I made my way back it was a lot easier going back like once you've already done it you yep. know it's like that's ah, some problem. oh yeah I saw that and I saw that yeah and- exactly and luckily I can retrace my steps pretty well mm-hmm. um so it's good to go back and and then the final day, yeah, we had mass at the, uh, it's called the Church of All Nations at the Garden of Gethsemane. Mm-hmm. And I said to the folks, like, I was really happy that was the last place we had mass together um, because, um, you know, it just, it seems so appropriate just before we're about to go home that we go to the place where Jesus goes and says, you know, Father, you know, if it be your will, let this chalice pass for me, but not as I will, but as you will, mm-hmm. because... 
you know, it's not as though our Lord was like, hooray, I get to bear the cross. You know, mm-hmm. hooray, my friend's going to come in here and betray me with a kiss. It's not like he wanted to do all these things, you know, but it was he learned obedience through what he suffered. He, he willingly went to that place and prayed, you know, and I said – we can be like the apostles. We can fall asleep and all that. So it's like, let's, let's ask him for the grace to stay close to him in prayer. And whatever we're going to face when we go back home, to remember that, you know, yesterday we were at the tomb. He's risen from the dead. Like the war has already been won. We're still involved in battles. Like it's still unfolding, you know, mm-hmm. like making up in my body what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ. Not that there is something lacking what he did for us. It's the perfect sacrifice. But in his great love for us, we get to participate in the mystery of his passion, death, and resurrection. Mm-hmm. It's like the already but not yet. It's like a holy Saturday life. And that place I just felt like was a great sort of send-off point, mm-hmm. you know, to come back. Um, and then from there, and it was like torrential downpour again. From there we went to the upper room, which was really mm-hmm. cool, um, and also to David's tomb. Um, upper room is a very interesting place. It's not a church. It's just you can go into the room. It was taken over during a Muslim occupation. Now they won't let them turn it into a church because it's over David's tomb. Like it's the building above it. Um, and so, yeah. But Which I just find super weird and fascinating. I know. That David's tomb happens to be underneath where the yep. upper room is exactly. for Pentecost. Exactly. Like, what are the odds? I know. And all the different sacraments, you know, from there between the Last Supper, you mm-hmm. know, um, reconciliation, holy orders, you know, confirmation. Yeah, it's, it's sad that we can't have mass in the location of the I Last know. Supper. I know. Now, right up against it is another building and you can have mass there, yep. but like not in the spot. But it was just, yeah, it's just fascinating to see that. Um, from there, we went to the church called St. Peter Gallicantus, which Gallicantus is like the singing rooster. It's where he denied Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it's a church that's built like over the, um, like Caiaphas's house. So where Jesus was held overnight um, and you go down into the pit. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, wow, it's it's tough, you know, like just the way they treated him and everything else. Um, but yeah, to see where, where Peter denied Jesus and to see these stairs, which is where Jesus and the apostles would have walked from the upper room after the last supper down to the garden of Gethsemane and then where he would have walked back up after being arrested. How far, how far is the upper room from the garden of Gethsemane? Um, not even a mile, I would say. Yeah, it's not that far. So now you're up kind of high in the, um, the, the Last Supper in the Upper Room, and then down in the Kidron Valley for uh, for the Last Supper. Because so. there's a lot of elevation change over there. There is. Season, it's very, very hilly. Uh, very rocky, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so just to see all those things was fascinating. And then, um, yeah, that pretty much wrapped up all the different places that we went. Um, like I said, yeah, there's something about getting to touch the places and mm-hmm. be in the spots. Um, and also just, yeah, they get to be with all of our different parishioners mm-hmm. and, uh, good to spend the time with them. And, and yeah, now I'm kind of tired. <laughs> I bet. I bet. So what was, was what was the overall feel from the pilgrims? I mean, I'm sure they enjoyed it. I think so. Um, yeah. Everybody seemed to really love it. And like I said, the first like day and a half was just kind of tough mm-hmm. between the weather, between having the difficult thing that happened in the airport in Munich. Um, you know, and, and it's just, it takes a little bit of time to get used to the culture and the place. But I think once we all kind of just settled into it, and especially going up to Galilee, I think 
And I love that place so much. I can totally understand why Jesus would want to be there for most of his public ministry. Mm -hmm. It is beautiful. And to go from there down to Jericho, down to the Dead Sea, down to where he was baptized— I mean, it, it, I know I've said this before in homilies, but it's like, it's like going from heaven down to hell. And it just, to think about what our Lord did for us, you know, and to go from this beautiful place down to this difficult place. And, you know, it's like leaving heaven to come down Mm -hmm. to us and, you know, raising us back up. It's just, yeah, it's incredible. Nice. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I think the pilgrims really enjoyed it. Uh, definitely got that sense. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just it, it definitely opens your eyes to sacred scripture and, and just, uh, yeah, how blessed we are in our faith and that it's not some myth that happened a long, long time ago in a galaxy far away. It's like, nope, it was here 2,000 years ago, and here's this, and people have been reverencing this Yeah, spot. and that's the whole reason we know where the things are. It's yeah. like, how do we know exactly where Jesus was crucified? Because people have been reverencing it since the day it happened. Exactly. And there's this one spot that's sort of like encased in glass at the bottom of that hill. And apparently it's like sedimentary stone that like if you start messing with it, it'll crumble. But that's where it looks like a skull. And so it's like, you know, the 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 hill, like Golgotha, the place of the skull. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's you can see why they called it that. It's kind of yeah. creepy looking. Um yeah, just just incredible to see all those things. And today it was very good to get to celebrate Mass here at Sacred Heart because mm-hmm. I mi- I missed it. I missed everybody. And uh, yeah, even though we got you know got home like six last night and you know sleeping after twenty four hours of travel, it's just always kind of funny. But I wouldn't miss the school Mass. And he came back to offer Mass at Sacred Heart, and our speakers weren't working. Yeah, which it was a ridiculous little thing that I should have known what was, was really? going on. Uh, I think somebody was here yesterday, and they took the master volume control and just knocked it all the way down. Uh, and it only affects the speakers in the church, that master volume control. I see. So I'm like, oh, well, I'm glad the sound guys who were here anyways told me about this. But now I know for future efforts. We're all sure good. Little red dial is all the way up. Uh, up. That's yes. right. I'm glad they're already here. That's yes. what so we get charged for that. That's what they said. They're like, it would have been really kind of silly if we came all the way down just yeah. for this. But we were already here, so we're glad. To so have. it all works out well. It's great. Oh, no. It's so good. And you know what? Whether you have microphones or not, Jesus is present. Oh, this is kind of funny. At the, uh, the Church of the Garden of Gethsemane, mm-hmm. the last place we had Mass, I'm starting to wrap up the homily, and the power went out. Oh. It's like, great. I'm like, this is the second time this has happened to me in like two weeks. And then it occurs to me, I'm like, oh, no. Are they telling me I'm going on too long? Do I need to wrap this up? Because, you know, I was kind of like, it was It was one of those homilies. I was trying to make it like a retreat talk for like, okay, we got to go back. And yeah. you know, our Lord's and with you're us. you're trying to try to tie in the whole experience. Exactly. And, and I was, I'm like, oh, man, I go on too long. I'm thinking, because God bless them. These Franciscan brothers are so kind and all this. But we got there a little bit late for our 9 o'clock mass. Like right on the nose is when I got to the sacristy. But then, you know, our pilgrims are still coming in. Mm-hmm. And I know they have masses stacked up. So I knew we were already late. And I'm thinking, well, maybe that's how they tell you you got to hurry it up. And then um, the microphones weren't really working at, at that point. So it's like, oh, shit. Because then the lights came back on, but no mics. And um, so I normally I'd been doing Eucharistic Prayer 1. I switched to 3. Um, just tried to be as efficient as possible. Mm-hmm. And when we went back in the sacristy, I said to the brother, I'm like, I'm really sorry. I guess I was going on too long. He goes, 
oh no. He goes, no, just the power. It's, it's really weird here. And when the weather's really bad, sometimes it knocks it out and then the generator comes on, but it doesn't power everything. Mm. It's like, oh, he goes, we would never do that to you. He goes, if there was a problem, I'd come tell you. I'm like, well, good. Thank you, brother. He'd sit in the back of the church and go, yeah. got it. Got it. Got it. You got to be faster. 20 minutes. Yeah. So it was, it was good. Like I said, I love that one Italian uh, Franciscan priest. Two minutes. Yeah. And he wasn't, he wasn't being rude. It's just they're on a schedule. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, they probably have masses on the hour all day long. All day long. It's, and now at the tomb, especially, it's like by by like 7 or 7.30, there's no more masses because everybody wants to reverence these spots. Because even when we went up to Calvary, like a little before 6 a.m., there's already a mass going on, like right next to where the Oh, so they're is. doing the early mass, but yeah. as soon as mass is over, it's open to the public. Exactly. Like people are going, like they're in line to go up there and reverence the holy spots. Mm-hmm. All day long. Yeah. So they only have so many masses there. And um, yeah, so it's like you can understand why they have to be kind. Because you know, everyone's like, well, I only get to come here once in my life. Yeah, so does everybody, right? Like it's not like everybody's just hanging around. Yeah, it's not like these people come here on a daily yeah. basis. No, exactly. This is the only time they're going to be here too. That's the deal. And so it's like you have to keep it moving. So when you go into reverence the tomb, there is an Orthodox priest that, yeah, once again, they're not all concerned about hospitality. Like the customer is always wrong, you know? And so like you go in there, like you've got maybe 30 seconds and he's like, you know, it's like next people. Like, and that's just the way it works. Like, yeah. and I'm sure they're doing it all day. So, oh, I'm sure. and at first it's like, come on guy. But then, well, this is his job and that's how they keep people yeah, coming and, through. I mean, there are definitely some people that would probably just want mm-hmm. to stay there all day, all day. Yeah, which I can understand because it's amazing. It's the tomb and you're inside of it. Um, but yeah, just, so amazing to get to see the place where it's like, yeah, death has been overcome. Yeah. So good stuff. Wonderful. Well, I think that's all we got for today. Not any, bad. Any last parting thoughts? or? Uh, so I guess everyone probably at home is wondering, when are you going back for the next one? Um, probably going to be a little while. I'm scheduled to go back to Fatima in January. I think it's like January 15th to the 25th. Mm-hmm. I have basically committed to go there every year. Yep. My guess is, is I'll probably be on the similar pattern that I've been on. Like probably, you know, every now five or seven. George, our tour guide was like, you have to come back every year. Your people need to be here. I appreciate, I appreciate that, George. (laughs) However, with this one, the tough thing is like, you know, I just said everything we did, right? Yeah. Um, Amazing. So good to see it. The hard part is it's not really like a retreat. Like you don't, because there's so many people, because of just the intensity of the area, you don't get a lot of chance to just kind of sit and reflect. Yeah, it's politically it charged, and there's a lot of different religious mm-hmm. denominations, religious trying to trying to get the same the places. Spots. Yeah, and so you don't get to just sit and take on. I mean, Fatima, you, don't have, yeah. you don't have Orthodox Muslims and Jews trying to get into Fatima. No, no, you don't. And like at night, you can just go back to the sanctuary and just be there. Go, you know, they got the international rosary and all these things. It's just, it's like a retreat. Mm -hmm. And also like I've gotten to be such good friends with the sisters there. And it just, there's like a way of life to it. And and it feels like you're going home to visit all these people. I will say, I really liked George. I bet George will reach out to me like, okay, we got to schedule another one. And he'll probably talk me into going more frequently every six years. But it's not going to be every year. Yeah, you know, like I, I need a little bit of time. Four to, to five yeah. seems about yeah. right. And we're not going to get we're not going to get fifty pilgrims no. to go every year. No, I don't think so either. But and the reason we went this time was because so many people really wanted to go, yeah. and we went, and it was beautiful. And I think they would all say they really appreciated the experience. They loved it, and also happy to be home. Mm-hmm. So I just 
yeah, we're very blessed to have what we have. And we got to keep praying for the the people that are over there. And I th- publicly thank Sammy Abufara, his wife Bisan, you know, and their, uh, and I guess his brother too. They have Ascension Tours. Mm-hmm. And then George Said, our uh, our um, tour guide and Salome, our uh, our bus driver. Just, yeah, good guys. And God bless those bus drivers. Is George from, he, does he live he's there? He's from Jerusalem. Okay. So he grew up not far from the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Gotcha. And uh, faithful man, and it was good to get to know him, and, and uh, I'm sure I'll be doing something with him again. Nice. Fantastic. So, good stuff. Awesome. Well, let's close with the prayer, Father. Let's do it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God.